Well, the whole idea was to get the audiences deeply emotionally involved in the terror of the victims. And the other thing that you didn't mention that this does is you are the camera and that is what they are looking at as they are being stalked or murdered or, or even slightly scared from it. That makes you, the audience, involved directly. They look to you, they, you, you are as closely identified with the effect of the murderer as you can possibly be. And in each of the killings, uh, to some extent, uh, in the killing of Margot, we did do some subjective shots, a few where we saw the black uh, backlit reflection of the killer. Otherwise, the eyeball through the door is the only time you aren't looking at the killer. And uh, you are the audience, and, and you are identifying both with the killer and those he stalks. And I think that was the thing that gets people so personally involved in this film. Remember those idyllic scenes out of your childhood? Crisp winter nights, sleigh bells, crackling yule logs. Remember those. Remember them well. After Black Christmas, they'll never be the same again. Black Christmas. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Rated R. Hello? 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 Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. like to thank George and Leons in Westbrook, Maine. Thank you, Logan, and the whole crew for the uh, holiday horror party this weekend. Great food, great hospitality, great times. It was nice to connect with some real horror heads. Yeah, great food. That place is real good. Great beefs. Connie was like, oh, I get it. Uh, she looked at the roast beef. It's rare and it's raw looking. She's like, oh, I get it. The food's gory, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I left there, I was I wanted to start collecting VHS tapes. I was so Same. enamored by the collections on display. I don't own a VHS player, but I could just sit and examine VHS horror vintage tapes. I could do that for hours, just to hold them in my hands and yeah, turn them a, over. Yeah, we always them. talk about like when music went digital, like the lost art of like the CD, I guess, for my generation. Yeah. And, and missing opening that physical, like a VHS tape is an even larger, like more it is. visceral <laughs> version of that. Like, me- it's beefy. I can pick anything on my streaming platform, <laughs> but holding that tape is like, yeah. damn. I wanted to pick up every single one and examine them, but I just, I, Felt like I could only do that so many times per table, not buying anything. And I would yeah. say, listen, I sorry, I don't have a VHS player, but I just want to look at all your movies. Also, that shit's expensive. We yeah. had legends of fourteen thousand dollar VHS tapes. Yes, mm-hmm. of like shot on video horror. It's wow. pretty wild. Yeah. Anybody? So we're we're wrapping up here. I mean, we're we're coming into the final Christmas stretch. Anybody see any uh, Christmas horror or Christmas movies since last time we were here? I watched Deadly Games. Oh, yeah. How was that? French. It was good. I'd seen it before. I mean, it's a little light for my taste, to be honest. Yeah. It's a little Home Alone-ish. I'm all Christmas movied out. <laughs> I, I hit a wall. I hit a wall. I Luckily, I, I had watched <laughs> both of this week's movies already, but that was all I had in me. I actually went yeah. through uh, the entire Alien saga. Oh, nice. Uh, this past week, starting with nice. Prometheus all the way up through. So I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. Oh, The Toymaker. Yes. That's one of the ones that a lot of people say is the the better sequel after right. the first one. Yeah, what, I read what did you think? Some, some comment sections. That's where I ended up there. It's people saying that 5 was 5 and 4 are completely different. Yeah. 4 is done by Brian Yuzda. Okay, yeah. And like body horror guy, society and all that. Yeah. But I haven't seen that, but I like, I, I've been exploring sequels and that was a good Christmas sequel. You liked The Toymaker? I mean, I didn't love it, but it, it, it was very different than the original. <laughs> yeah. Not horror related, but I did weep to a Bob's Burger Christmas episode. Oh, wow. So. wow. 
that's the mental state that I'm in right now. (laughs) Short trip. (laughs) (laughs) A 22-minute animated Christmas I'm like alone on the couch. I'm just like, maybe it was the wine, or maybe this is just a very specific episode. But, you know, Christmas cheer. Yeah, I've slowed way down. I've been watching a lot of shorts, a lot of horror shorts. And oh, I haven't, same. I have kind of hit a wall. Yeah, we're this, at work. We have to punch in a little bit every exactly. day. Exactly. Got to do some work. Um, I just saw that Smile 2 is coming next October. Pretty yep. exciting. Same writer and director. Um, Parker Finn, yeah. Yeah, Parker Finn is going to do it again. Also saw the Orphan 3 is in the works. How is that going to work? I don't know. I didn't see the second one. Well, what's crazy? The second about, one's a prequel. But the second one came oh. so much after the first one, and yeah. the, the little girl still looks the same. In fact, as she did the prequel. A lot of digitizing. Yes. Yeah, probably. But yeah. yeah, they're both, in my opinion, I like. I think both of them are very good. But the second one is actually a prequel. I didn't know that. I loved Orphan. I thought it was great. And I don't know, I, I wasn't that wild about the idea of more, and I'm even more surprised that Three. It must have. It must have made money. The sequel must have made some money because three is, three is on deck. Interesting. I don't know how. Yeah. Okay. How 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 much timeline of this woman's life can you realistically portray her as passing for a child? You did the prequel already. What are they gonna? Well, I mean, there's a. I guess there is a a bridge that you have to build between the two. Mm, interesting. Usually, with an orphan, you think of a one-off. Yeah. Yes. So all alone. This week, tis the season still some more. (laughs) Extra season. God, it goes on and on. The ghost of Christmas. (laughs) We're going to start this week with 1974's Black Christmas. As winter break begins, a group of sorority sisters, including Jess and the often inebriated Barb, begin to receive anonymous, lascivious phone calls. Initially, Barb eggs the caller on, but stops when he responds threateningly. Soon, Barb's friend Claire goes missing from the sorority house, and a local adolescent girl is murdered, leading the girls to suspect a serial killer is on the loose. But no one realizes just how near the culprit is. I love this one. This is so good. I think there's a strong case to be made for Black Christmas 74 as the greatest Christmas horror film of all time. I think everyone has their personal pets and favorites. I know I do. There are other ones that I love, including Christmas Evil. We just watched that. George and Leon's from 1980. So good. Great one. But it is hard to say anything in the Christmas horror realm beats Black Christmas. This is on Shudder right now, also on Tubi, a bunch of free sites. This one is, is everywhere. Both movies this week are on Shudder and on Tubi and lots of other places. So easy one. Directed by Bob Clark, who we know as the director of A Christmas Story from 1983. I always I forget and then remember that every time I see this. It was pretty wild. Also went on to direct Porky's and Porky's 2. Great. As well as directing Dolly Parton and Sylvester Stallone in Rhinestone. Wow. This is written uh, by, uh, off a screenplay by A. Roy Moore. And this is based on the old urban legend, The Babysitter and the Man Upstairs. The old story, but the calls are coming from inside the house. This mm-hmm. was kind of the first, you know, you can look at some earlier examples. An interesting sounding short film called Foster's Release from 71 that uh, looking real quickly online, I could not find. But it's been screened by John Carpenter before as being a progenerator of this type of stuff in the first movie where you use that thing. But, I mean, I would say this is the most notorious and earliest feature film example of the calls coming from inside the house. Spoiler alert. I love this movie. The mood, the atmosphere, the lighting, the characters. And I've read that Bob Clark wanted to do something where you had teenage or college-age kids portrayed with a little bit more sophistication than you would normally see in movies at that time. And I think this hits that out of the park. I think for a slasher movie, you'd be hard-pressed to find better drawn characters and more distinctly drawn and interesting characters. I think this is honestly, never mind Christmas horror, I think this is one of the great slashers of all time. I think this is absolutely up there with Halloween, absolutely up there with Friday the 13th, 
and you know whatever else you want to say. So lots to talk about. Kat, you had seen this one before, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Love this one. Yeah. This is what I want in a horror movie. Not just a Christmas horror movie, yeah. but what I want just in the horror genre. It's well shot. Cinematography's great. Um, it's got those characters with like, you know, arcs and like storylines that you actually care about. It's got humor. It's got the great acting. It's got suspense. It's got some blood. Very much has that Halloween vibes, with, like that first person kind of like following yeah, the killer. The POV and stuff. it came out yeah. first. So also this is what when a stranger calls should have been. This is yes. what you wanted in a yeah. when a stranger calls instead of that trash movie that we got instead. Yeah. The killer is very, you know, cunt heavy, I would say in his uh <laughs> telephone calls. <laughs> That's what you said love. last time. Yeah, it's this true. Is what I remember you Piggy said cunt. that those Piggy calls. Cunts. Yeah. Cunt yeah. heavy. I'll talk about it. Cunt heavy. <laughs> He does all those weird voices, too, which just really conveys that this is obviously an unhinged person who's going to fuck some shit up. What I loved about this movie also is that you don't get his weird backstory. Mm. You just have to imagine from the small amount of information that you're getting from yeah. his calls uh, what kind of fucked up shit he did to Agnes and, uh, and what got him to where he is now. And instead of getting all this like weird backstory about him... You get to dive into the girls of the sorority house, which have real problems going on, and you can kind of see their personalities coming out, which is m much more interesting to me. And it makes the deaths of the characters more effective because you're actually caring about them. You're not just like waiting for like the next like bloody kill to kind of happen, like the uh, the next pick, I would say. They're talking about abortion and women being interested in things other than being a wife to some mm. shitty pianist, <laughs> which was probably very scandalous to have that opinion in 1974. Yeah. So I was into it. It's not the goriest of horror films, but it does have that one haunting shot of the bag over the head through mm. like the frosted window with like the Christmas vibe. It's just like yeah. ingrained in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. And the ending, you know, it's ambiguous, but it's, it's exactly what I what I wanted because you're left like you're imagining this man's background. You're also imagining what is about to happen what's next. next. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. what's going to go down in that bedroom. So, cool. so 10 out of 10. Love this one. Nice. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm not going to go any sort of greatest of all time, but I will make a declaration as bold as Trent's. Black Christmas is better than Halloween. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. It's better yes. than Halloween. Ho! Yes. Coming in hot on this cold night. Woo! <laughs> oh, dude. Eating it up with the takes in here. My God. The takes are melting everything. And if I could just ask for one thing, the horror gods never let Rob Zombie touch this movie. Oh, please, no. First and foremost, John Carpenter ripped this movie. Sorry if I know that it's your holy grail, cat. It I knew that grail. I was going to really okay. hit you with that one. This is better. You literally just said every single thing mm -hmm. about why this is better. And I'm glad that Bob Clark got all of his character building of teenagers out of his system with this so he could then do porkies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just really thin them out again. But kind of like my annual viewing of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I forget that this movie is scary. It's really terrifying to not know who this person is at all. Yeah. Like, you don't know, why did he come back to that house? Why did he pick that house? Did, was he just walking by and was like, I think I can climb that? That's terrifying. The, the, the scene, the bag over the head, some of the subtle horror things are really scary. The POV stuff in this is better, I think, than Halloween. I love the fact that there's no mask involved. There's none of that stuff. And you never see the guy, which I think is, again, I think that's even scarier than a bleached out William Shatner mask. Like, and I'm sorry, like, how come you can talk to so many horror people that are like, yeah, Halloween, first slasher. How come you have to remind so many people about Black Christmas? Like, where did this get locked? Mm. It's probably because there's no killer that you can attach to it. You right. can't make it a Halloween costume. It's not costume. memorable. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Yeah. And that, that, fair. Was one of, that was one of Clark's goals. I believe he is on record as having said he wanted to do a killer that you never see. Yeah. Okay. So it's different. fantastic. And- the comedy's legit. Like, there's a lot... Like, the, the next movie we'll talk about, there's a lot of, like, very dated, you know, mid-aughts, mm -hmm. like, one-off lines and stuff that are meant to be comedic. 
Margot Kidder fucking destroys this, this movie so as Barb. She is unbelievable. Allegedly, she insisted on actually drinking. Oh, good. For all of I the scenes. That. It's convincing. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Method Margot. Yeah. But just like the turtle story. I mean, there are just some, some things that like completely steal the scene. And as they kind of pull you away from the fact that it's a horror movie, it's just endearing you to these characters. And then when shit happens to them, like you said, Kat, you actually do care. That's a difficult thing to pull off with a pretty vast cast. And he, he does dispatch a few early on that you don't necessarily know who they are. And I will say both of these movies, there are a lot of names. You got to remember, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of like Claire's and Barb's and Jess's and uh, Kyle's and Chris's and who's there. Like, but I did come away this year with a very firm stance that I think this is a better movie than Halloween. Wow. I like my Christmas horror played straight. And this is the best example of that. No frills. Stylistically, it like the cinematography and the, the lighting and the, the big house with a bunch of girls, to me, was very Italian horror looking. Mm. And I even thought the title card in the beginning looked like Hammer. Uh, it looked like old. Uh, yeah, and the house, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and and it's always kind of like uh, nighttime. There's not too many daytime shots yeah. uh, in this, and it's all kind of like dark inside the house. This is way more lewd than I had remembered it being. I kind of remembered the prank calls, but I got this kind of confused with... Uh, all the other they're calling from in the house movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, my mind was blown by um, the telephone company. Uh, when he goes to the telephone company, <laughs> it's wild. I mean, they don't even show the shit in Mad Men. Uh, this is like. <laughs> they really show you a bunch how of to trace a call yeah. wires <laughs> in the and 70s. Running around, like, trying, like, what the hell is going on with the phone system? But I do, I do think the, you know, the lack of having a memorable killer. Uh, you just had more memorable characters because you just spent time on the people that were being attacked. You know, check your attic, bro. Check the attic. Mm, <laughs> Trap door is right there. there. There's like a bunch of bodies, not just <laughs> one person. Before you get the whole search party, the whole town's in on it with the dogs and all that, the snowmobiles. Just check the attic. Uh, Olivia Hussey, Romeo and Juliet. They showed her naked in school when they showed Romeo and Juliet when I was a kid. My mind was blown. So, you know, this had an effect on me in that romantic, sort of sensual, mm. poetic Shakespeare kind of way. Sure. But I love this movie. Um, I do think for what I'm looking for, it is better than Halloween. It has less of, well, it has both. It has the kills and it also does the thing where you see the, the aftermath of the kill. Someone discovers the body. Yeah. That, that yeah. happens in this very That's well. That's a great device. That's like Henry always does that. We but, talked about that. Yeah, but Halloween in many ways relies on that too much for me to, you know, that's why I prefer this one over that. Since we've, we've made this a battle between the uh-huh. two. I did not <laughs> intend for that. Might have a higher body count than the original. I mean, Halloween... You know, off the top of my head, I want to say is a, a lower body count slasher if you add them all up. Hello. Merry Christmas from the Speak All Evil Fact Check Department. Black Christmas 1974 contains seven kills in the film. You could get to eight if you take the clue in the final shot, Halloween 1978, four kills in the film. You could get to five if you want to count Michael's sister, who he killed 15 years prior. You could even push it to six with the dog. But the edge here goes to Black Christmas. Uh, just for a fun holiday contrast, while we're at it, Black Christmas 2006, 18 kills in the film straight up. Not not that that's the ultimate yeah, you know, test of the movie, end, but, be all, you know, but part of the conversation. This was a small budget, six or seven hundred thousand dollars. I don't even think the release in America was that wide. It was called Silent Night, Evil Night for the American theatrical run. And I don't think I think I can answer your question, Kevin, about why this t- this has been a, a bit lost over the years. I think it has more prominence now than it ever had when I was growing up, certainly. And I, I think I read something about this not getting a big VHS release 
early on when we talk about all the 70s and 80s horror movies that we watched on VHS, I don't know that, in, at least in the States, I don't think Black Christmas was, was out there in that market as much. That might be one reason why. So we're doing spoilers? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so um, Santa's not real. <laughs> um, and, but this is one of the Christmas movies that does not reveal that ever. There's not really too much other than it just takes place on Christmas. There's and no Santa nice. in this, right? I was going to say, I don't think there's, there's Santa. one drunk Santa. Oh. Oh, yes, the shitty boyfriend. bitch with a little girl on his lap. And he's got clearly got like the brown hair with a white glued on beard, like the most fake Santa. So I guess they do reveal that Santa Claus is not real. Well, there there is some misdirection, speaking of spoilers um, and, and the ambiguous ending, but there is some misdirection throughout. If you don't know this movie already, they do try to give you some kind of some clues that it might be Chris, the boyfriend, or or most prominently, it it kind of makes it seem like it might be Peter, yeah. the um, the pianist. So I, I think if you didn't know, you might think there was a little more who done it than there is now. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, Kier, I don't know how to say his name, but he's the guy from two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. Kier yeah. yeah. yes, played Doctor David Bauman, two thousand one, which, which is strange because in that is nineteen sixty nine, and he's playing like a middle aged. Doesn't he have a family? No, that's the doctor. Well, everybody, other than there's a couple, like Olivia Hussey and a couple were like in their 20s. Everyone else is like mid, late 30s playing teenagers in this. He was maybe the biggest stretch, I thought, Mm. uh, for the, you know, college guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little, a bit long of tooth for this role. Yeah, the cast is incredible. John Saxon as Lieutenant Fuller. Whereas we know him from everything. Yeah. Um, you guys mentioned Marco Kidder as Barb. Uh, Lynn Griffin as Claire, who Curtains. would end up in uh, Curtains, which we talked about almost uh, a decade later. We mentioned Art Hindle before we got going here, plays Chris. Tons of stuff. Original Body Snatchers, The Brood, we've talked about. He also ended up in Porky's 1 and 2 and The Void from 2016, which we talked about. A lot of Jalo influence here, big time. Definitely. So like the yeah. POV stuff and a lot of those things. So that's where you get some good like who done it and kind of the misdirection. Ultimately, the killer is a completely unknown, completely unseen, but they do a good job of sort of stirring the pot a little bit. The abortion angle, Kat, that you mentioned, like that is pretty ahead of its time. Clark did say in his in, in subsequent interviews that that wasn't intentionally like political mm-hmm. because this was right on the heels of of Roe as well. So he said that was just timing. They just wanted to have something in the plot to sort of give a little bit of tension to their relationship and then kind of perform that misdirection for mm-hmm. the audience. But the ambiguous ending. There's one thing I did not notice this myself. I 100% read this on the internet. He only calls after he kills. Yeah. I had never really noticed that either. Yeah. So at the end, the quote-unquote ambiguous uh, ending, phone call. it pulls uh, away as Jess is in the house. You know, the killer's still in there. Right. And then the phone rings. She's right. dead. Okay. Uh, wow. I didn't put that together either. I think the most beautiful death of, uh, of this movie, the most beautiful murder, obviously, is the glass unicorn, right? Yeah. Coming mm-hmm. down. Great with one. Head, hands above the head and then it's like slow-mo and like yeah. she's got all these glass pieces above her bed which I think is a little dangerous anyway so maybe she had it coming and then there's like you know on the clean glass there's the blood and she's just kind of like oh no stop and that's very giallo for sure yeah very Suspiria-esque for me and, and that, that gets a little callback in the next movie the glass unicorn we didn't mention Andrea Martin as Phil in this Oh, yeah. She's so good in this. She is an ultimate nerd, straight-laced friend. Her performance is really convincing and really good, and they bring her back in the 2006 version. She plays Mrs. Mack, the house mother that's, yep. so, that's so drunk. We didn't talk about the house mother <laughs> oh my God. of the sorority yeah. in this movie. She was the funniest part. She was <laughs> great. She's got booze everywhere. Oh, my She's God. She's got little pint bottles hidden throughout the house. It's like oh looking into a crystal ball for me. <laughs> <laughs> She's with got more, one in with the, more cats. In, yeah, more cats. <laughs> got a bottle in the toilet tank. I know. That's when you yeah. know. That's when you know. In the book. Oh. One of my favorite scenes in this is the Christmas caroler scene when Jess goes to open the door it's the and it's all the little kids doing the Christmas carols. It's a really nice version. And that's intercut with a murder scene 
so powerful. The how one she was talking about. Yeah, 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 that's right. It's so powerful how that goes back and forth. Really scary and really creepy. You have a great bumbling cop in this. Oh, the, yeah, they're not the brightest in this. The, yeah. the one guy, the fellatio guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of at the desk. He's the desk cop at the front, the receptionist cop almost. He, he really comes in for some... He can't do anything right in this movie. I thought it was really funny that that scene where they realize he's been tricked by Barb, Margot Kidder's character, into thinking that fellatio is a new phone exchange. Yeah. And that second cop that's just there, the second detective, he's just there to laugh at everything the whole time. He laughs for so long, and they both are cracking up so hard at, at this guy's expense. Very funny scene. What an idiot. Obviously, he's never read Shakespeare. Fellatio. <laughs> <laughs> there was some, pretty, some choice dialogue in this that... You know, talking about the data dialogue in some of the aughts movies we've seen, you know, Barr really lets lets some loose. You can't rape a townie. Yeah. yeah that's... I know a professional virgin when I see one. Yeah. She's just really bawdy and drunk and, you know, she's yeah. got but no filter. They do, you know, but in the group they do, you know, kind of be like, hey, why, don't say that. That's not appropriate. So it's like they know. Unlike the next one when everyone's just fucking saying whatever the fuck they want. These broads would fuck the Leaning Tower of Pisa if they could get up there. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. But that's the house mother, so that's okay. She's fine. I did find out that, and we we could talk about this later, but after the 2006 version, Bob Clark did start working on a direct sequel to this, and he wanted to bring back both Saxon and Hussey, and then he died, right, as uh, he started in 2007, R.I.P. Yeah, he he and his son were both killed uh, by a drunk driver. <gasps> yes, a car accident. Yeah, the yeah. year before that, there was a, there's an annual showing of this that Bob Clark and Saxon and folks would attend. And apparently Olivia Hussey later, I think later in life, became really anxious about crowds. And she finally got talked into attending this annual viewing. And it was the last one that Clark was able to attend before he and his son were killed. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Okay, my next Christmas horror pick for this week from 2006, Black Christmas. What? No. (laughs) What? Not all Christmas stories are full of cheer. Take the disturbing childhood of Billy Lenz, for example. Born during Christmas, little Billy suffered from jaundice and was unwanted by his cruel mother. After witnessing her murder, his beloved father, and the years of horrendous abuse that followed, Billy came out of the attic on Christmas Eve, taking a rolling pin to his mother's head. Police forced their way in and dragged him off to a mental institution and put his little sister in a foster home. Fifteen years later, Billy made a successful break from the asylum on Christmas Eve. Far away, his childhood home is now a sorority house, where nine sisters and their house mother are celebrating the holiday season together. But tonight, they're about to get a surprise visitor. And it's not Santa. Cat. Wow. I, I want to say wow. something very, you know, serious now. It's mm. Christmas time. I appreciate you. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Cat was on the phone with me at 10 a.m. today. <laughs> Asking if, do we really need to synopsize both Black Christmas movies? I was just curious. I appreciate you fighting through that. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Because it's uh, very similar to the last movie. A bit. And you had to do it all over again. But I said it's a little bit different. It's Mm -hmm. not quite the same story. It's uh, aughts reappraisal time for me. I only saw the 2006 Black Christmas one time, dismissed it completely, this is trash, don't care about this ever again. I think it might have been talking about the 2019 one that got me thinking, you know, I should go back and watch that 2006 one because you never know with the mid-aughts how things age. And that's, that's such an interesting thing to me with what we talk about. The way that things change and, and public perception changes and my own perception of things changes over the years and something that seems great at first might 
not seem so great later and vice versa. I love this movie now. I think this is all the great things that the aughts had to offer. Um, you know, maybe some of the bad things, but not from where I sit. I think this is the greatest aughts Christmas horror remake of all time. Oh, hot take. I dare you find another one. Hold on. This, I, I Google. <laughs> this is written and directed by Glenn Morgan, who directed Willard 2003 with Crispin Glover. It was a remake of an old 70s movie. He also was a co-writer on Final Destination, the first one we talked about that. And he was at least like second unit director on some of the others. He was involved in that whole X-Files world with James Wong and not Wan. Um, so he was at the helm for this, and but this was um, executive produced by Bob Clark, and he was involved in the writing of the screenplay and involved in the things that they wanted to do to kind of take this one step further, expand the story a little bit, and kind of rework certain things. I love the way this movie starts out, Cold Open Kill. You can't go wrong. I love the title card. This really gets it going. They take that first um, plastic bag kill from the original and just give it to you right away because it takes a little while in the original. This is much more of a slow burn. This is it's the aughts now. We can't have a slow burn. We got it. First thing, here you go. Somebody, plastic bag, boom. And also adding like a screwdriver or something else, not just a plastic bag. So all the kills are up a notch. There's a lot of eyeballs in this. The pace is quick. It is just a mile a minute. And right from the second, you know, right from that cold open, as soon as you're in the asylum, it's just so mid-aughts it hurts. It is it, even more so than um, Santa's sleigh, almost, I would say. As far as mid-aughts horror, this, it just has that look and that feel. And I actually have come to enjoy some of those, those earmarks in this movie, the way the, uh, there's a lot of shots of people's faces that are real tight, real close up, and almost have a fisheye thing. You know, you're always looking at their noses the whole time and stuff. I thought it really worked in this. I thought it was really tense. I thought it was suspenseful. I disagree with all the bad things that have been said about this over the years. I think this is a great one. If you haven't seen 2006, again, it's on Shudder or Tubi. I think that every time I saw this somewhere streaming, I thought that it was one of the other ones because I had never seen this. Oh, nice. I never even knew about it. Nice. Um, I've watched it twice since you first announced last week that that's what we'd be watching. And yeah, I fucking loved it. Uh, it was the backstory to Billy that we didn't know we needed. Mm. And I actually thought they did it kind of well. I enjoyed the backstory, even though it was mostly based on incest and eyeballs. Um, <laughs> but <sure>. Yeah, <laughs> that's some good backstory. Yeah, but some I love of your it favorite anytime. things. <laughs> right, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a sucker for incest and eyeballs. <laughs> But yeah, there was way more of that gag. It was its own movie while still paying a huge tribute to the original. You could tell that it loved the original. It didn't want to just make a buck off it. It was truly someone that watched the original and dug into the character behind all those phone calls and then then created it and then created a, a whole thing around that. What we're saying it lacked versus Halloween is kind of what this has. And I don't know if it just had bad timing, but I didn't really hear much about this movie at all when it, yeah, it came out. Like it, I didn't know about it. It didn't so. do much. But I do think it's one of the, the better remakes of anything yeah. because of how smart it is or how they just tried to get into the backstory of this character. And the scene in between the walls with the flaming Christmas trees and the lights and all that... I thought that was such a great scene, um, especially from this time. You didn't really get the climax that you used to get in the 70s and 80s horror. I, I felt like that was always like some sort of digital supernatural craziness in the, in the early aughts. And this was just people scrambling around and fire and... And bad guys, multiple bad guys, missing eyeballs and Heads all that hanging stuff. down, decapitated bodies. Yeah. All the bodies missing eyeballs, and then the eyeballs are strung up like Christmas <laughs> ornaments. <My God>. Yes. <laughs> so over the top. Yeah, I, I like this. Uh, it was a, a big surprise. I like that they still had the sketchy boyfriend angle. Yeah. Uh, the, he's the kind of the diversion. And you have the other yes. uh, diverting your your expectations with the Santa Claus in the beginning, adding in a little extra Christmas cheer um, when he gets in the Santa suit for his escape from the mental institution. 
but yeah, I liked all that. I like I liked his escape quite a bit. This is so House of Wax. Yeah, could have been this we literally well. could just talk about yeah. House. Of, we could just edit in our House of Wax episode. Oh, I think this no. is better. I think this is better than House of Wax. It's the same movie. It goes harder. Same movie, basically. Sure. Sure. I mean, same yeah. thing, two yeah. killers, burning house at the end. I mean, yeah. it follows a lot of the same stuff. It does. That being said, you guys are talking about a movie like you just discovered. I've loved this thing ever since it came out. Oh. Loved it. This was hand. This is a movie. I know I say this a lot. As <laughs> soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, yeah, no chance I don't like this. Zero chance. <laughs> Zero percent chance that I don't like this. You've got Lacey Chabert. You've got uh, Michelle Trachtenberg. You've got Kate Cassidy. You've got basically everybody from everything that happened that I loved, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer to Party of Five and Mean Girls. You've got Mary Elizabeth Winstead. We just already just talked about her from The Thing. Uh, everything in this was like, oh, there's everybody I'd love to see in a movie and then watch them get murdered. This is fantastic. Everything that's wrong with it is su- you have you. It's super mid aughts wrong. So if you accept it for what it is, this is super great. And I know I said this in the last episode about Black Christmas, the 2019 one. You didn't necessarily have to call this Black Christmas, but they did like really drive home like the whole Billy backstory. So everything that we were just praising about the 74 one, they shove it down your throat almost a little bit too much. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's a real fine art I'm discovering in Definitely. a lot of the movies we talk about with flashbacks, and yes. we always talk about exposition yes. and things like that. In this one, it's almost like they take a break, and then you watch a short film on yeah. the history of Billy Lenz. It's right. not even like it's like artistically woven in not or anything. At all. It's just like it's so hard funny. stop, like it's a fucking I, I thought, grindhouse I, flick, I, yeah. and somebody spliced <laughs> in another movie, and now you're watching yeah. the Billy Lenz backstory, and then it's like, all right, let's get back. And then you get like before that, you have the the townie in this one is a guy. And he gives you like a whole dialogue exposition before yes. you go into the short film. Yes. Not the most like artfully nope. Nope. well done, yep. well edited piece of uh, cinematic history. All that being said, I mean, I could shit on this movie for days. The ending is fucking terrible. The whole hospital oh, thing on. after the it's end, great. completely unnecessary. <laughs> Unlike Black Christmas 74. Where, hey, you made me watch it for the show, man. I have to give it an honest appraisal. Not saying Mm. I'm not going to watch it next year. I watch this movie every fucking year. Mm. But we just talked about how, like, not seeing the killer is so terrifying and meaningful in the 74 one. When they show Agnes in this, I burst out laughing. And I do it every time. Every year, just like I forget how awesome Black Christmas 74 is, I forget when I rewatch 06 that I'm going to start laughing when they show Agnes. It's they show the killers and one you have to have Billy be jaundiced so he's fucking yellow man and then you have <laughs> so his weird. sister that's now like a seven foot two man with a wig on. Yes, I mean the whole thing is like you couldn't go any more polar opposite. Yeah. All that being said, yeah, this movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, in terms of making a remake of a film and making it your own and having your own spin on it. And making it not a shot-for-shot remake or similar in any way, this was a successful film. That is true. But. (laughs) It was awful. It was awful! (laughs) Uh, If I hadn't watched Black Christmas before, hmm, or right before I watched this one, then perhaps I would have liked it more. It's not that it wasn't fun. It was a fun watch. It's still like a Christmas movie that I'll watch every year for sure. But just like comparing the two is, I think, what really uh, puts it down down the well for me, down the attic stairs for me on this one. They took the very, very little information that was given to us in that 1974 version about Billy, and they ran with it. They like sprinted yeah. across town with it. It was so fucking weird. <laughs> it was just like so extra, and it just made it the we- like a weird fucking like Rob Zombie version of the first one. It focused so much on that weird background that we didn't even know. We I couldn't tell you one fact about any of the sorority sisters that they don't even have like 
the same names. Not nearly as well drawn as the original. Not even, yeah. No, no, we don't even no. get a Barb, really. You know, I knew Kevin would know who they all were, yeah. and so I, d- I don't even care. Just, yeah. I knew he'd have that. Oh, the, act, the, the actors, <laughs> the of course. Yeah. Party of five, no party movie. of nine, whatever the fuck. <laughs> I just didn't care about any of them at all. Like, they're all so shallow and unlikable, so... I kind of was just waiting for like cool kills, which I think it delivered. Obviously, as you guys mentioned, very eyeball heavy. Um, so many. A I... lot of eyeballs. God. Didn't really understand that part because I didn't really understand the fucking Sin City looking guy, the bright yellow man. It's just like, it was just such a sad backstory too. Like with his mom. It was a lot. It was like a bad boy Bubby situation, but in an attic. It's very mm. weird. Anyway, kills are fun, like I said. That cold open, two minutes in, just like Ooh. right away, Yeah, pen to the eyeball. This one had a lot more action, obviously, and it also takes place over one night, as opposed to like the other right. one was a little bit more Good drawn point. out, like over a I weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was a lot yeah. more fast paced, so it was much a-, a lot of action heavy. It wasn't very suspenseful for me, because they kind of just laid it all out for you, except for the Agnes part, I guess that part uh, was a surprise. But you already know who the killer is, so you're not like trying to figure out who it could be. You know it's not going to be the hot boyfriend. He's not bright yellow, so you know it's not him. But then they add in, <laughs> but then they add in, I guess, Agnes to come in hot to be like, I'm also evil. Uh, no, she did not come in hot. Of all, I know you guys don't like the other Black Christmas. Of all of them, though, this is my least favorite. Yeah. I liked the new Black Christmas. You did. Because I'm, you know, again, I think it's like a character thing. It was more of like a, you know, more of a, f- a well-rounded film for me as opposed to this one was just kind of like, eh? What do you get? Uh, do you guys like that part? Like I said before, though, it's fun to throw on to get your Yuletide horror on if you just want to watch people get suffocated and stabbed while there's like Christmas lights twinkling and blinking. Yeah. You know, it's, it's great. Sure. There we go. Also, you get flesh cookies. Can, can, I, can I ask, <laughs> if we get a massive backstory on Billy in this one. Where did Agnes come from? Is that explained? I know that she went to an orphanage. It's explained. But how it does did, she get yeah. back to the house? Oh, that is not explained. They so just kind of kick like her out. 30 minutes giving you all of this crazy backstory, yeah. but Agnes is just like, surprised I'm home? Maybe she yeah. was already, she's been there the whole she's time. She's been there. I think she's been there because it doesn't show her go in. In well, the first movie, it shows um, Billy, Billy climb the house. And there's yeah. one point where someone asks... How long have they been living in the walls of the house or something like that? There's oh, like when they get to the hospital or something. If somebody asks that question at some point, that's not answered. But it just hit me the obsession with eyeballs in this movie and all the great gore and great kills. And I just love eyeballs, and there are so many. I think that's supposed to be a callback to the original, where there's there's those eyeball, a famous one, or there's a couple that eyeball shot of Billy. And oh, that's yeah, yeah. all you can see. I think that's kind of supposed to be a, okay. a throwback to that. And there, and then there's the scene in this where he's peeking through the bathroom floor tiles. <laughs> or I guess that's not him. I guess that's Agnes, actually. Who oh, is yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know. Getting a little, uh, little, little peeky boo. I, I think compared to the original Black Christmas, it falls very, very short. But compared to both other movies in this time and other Christmas movies, because we've been watching lots of yeah. Christmas movies, and you get a lot of schlock. And this is somewhere between, you know, I would say even compared to Christmas Evil and Silent Night, Deadly Night, Black Christmas is a much more serious tone. Yeah. And this yeah. is somewhere between all the crazy schlock of like Santa's sleigh mm-hmm. and Black Christmas. This is somewhere in the middle. It, it's funny that they cleaned up the obscene phone calls. I was so totally going to say that. I'm like, so of everything weird. that the mid odds did, and that this they movie does. Down. I mean, this movie ups the gore so so much. It mm-hmm. makes Billy incestuous with his mother. I mean, it does all this tasteless trash odds stuff. But then when it's time for the phone calls, I want your Christmas cookie. Like <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. I, this is the tamest. That's not the. Phone that's call. not the c word I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's the tamest. Of seen phone call ever. She so is st- for cookie in this movie, <laughs> not the original. It's so funny that that's the thing they had to clean up. Well, I mean the back. So we just we we're watching it now. We just got to the backstory. I just I want to just run quickly through what you get 
and I don't know how long the backstory is. What do we think? Ten minutes, fifteen. There's a couple minutes. different. You know, that's it's like thirty percent of the movie. You mentioned that, and I remember watching it, and it's doing all that whole backstory thing, and then I'm like, oh wait, that was just a guy saying all of that to them. It's been like yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah. It's all that whole oh story. Here, here's what you get, and, and this is like we've already covered a lot of horror things that this movie gives you: the eyeballs and stabbing and plastic bags and you name it. So many plastic bags. Just in the backstory, you get jaundice, cheating. Murder, the attic, incest, a babysitter slash daughter, famicide, cookies, an asylum, and an orphanage. Boom. We got to talk about the cookies. That <laughs> scene, that's, you know what, on my rewatch, on my first rewatch, that was the scene where I really stood up and started paying some attention, or sat up rather, <laughs> when Billy just... makes, he takes the little angel cut, like Christmas cut cookie things, yep. and he makes them with flesh. No way those are And sharp eats enough. them with milk. Also. Just <laughs> so I was like, oh, this this is hostile territory. This is great. <laughs> well, I think uh, one of the mistakes you might have made, Kat, was watching it second. Because as soon as I had never heard of this, I was like, oh, I'll watch that first because I've seen the original so many times. But its wonderfulness had faded a little bit, and I didn't remember a lot of it. So mm. I watched the second one first, and I was like, oh, yeah, Agnes and Billy. And then when I watched the first one and listened to the the phone calls, I was kind of putting this together and appreciating it a little bit more. Yeah, you heard. Yeah, and there and there was some misdirection in this, I thought. Not the boyfriend, but with Eve. Oh, yeah. The sister Eve, the first time rewatching. But it's too quick. They What's another word for an attic? For, for lack of a better term, they don't flesh Eve. out Eve enough. Oh. I thought, I thought as soon as Eve was introduced, she's the outcast, the nerd. They all obviously hate her. They're so catty. It's um, unbelievable. Yeah, they're awful. And I was, she's got the big glasses, and I was like, she's got a glass eye. That's got to be her. That was really- That would have been a was, and she has rushed, better storyline. She has, she has the- No, they show her two times. She has the, the presents wrapped in newspaper, just like Billy's family did. And one of those presents wrapped in newspaper that she gives to, the, to her sorority sister is the unicorn- the glass unicorn that from mm. the first movie. So I was all set to think that she had to be Act involved well. in this, and then it goes a little bit differently. Than I that. would have preferred That's cool. that. Yeah, you, you I, ruined I, I it a little bit do. for me when you Thank were you. saying that uh, the the jaundice thing. Mm -hmm. That once you know that, then mm. all these little misdirections that they're doing That's they right. don't really matter. No, there's none. I mean, right yeah. from the beginning, they show like they're feeding Billy in the asylum, and his like yellow hands come out and like well, grab it. I know, but the only thing is, there's been a kill before that. It shows you the first kill before you see Billy, so you know that Billy couldn't have done I the just, first oh, kill. Yeah, I just figured it was bed. a weird flashback That's right. again. Yeah, I, I know. Figured. I kind of did too. So yeah. I missed that part. Yeah, apparently that was the, the whole thing with the two killers. That was studio intervention. Bob, um, not Bob Clark, but um, Glenn Morgan. Glenn Morgan said in 2014 in an interview that he the the whole second killer thing that was all Division Films. The execs wanted to do that. He he didn't want to really do that much to it, and they felt like. And I think I can understand where they're coming from. Just like we talked about the pace being so much faster, the kills being faster and more uh, plenteous. Um, they he said they had to have two killers. They thought that. By 2006, you've seen the calls come from inside the house so many times. We've done all this. They wanted to do something more. And I think, I mean, if you're going this over the top, why not have a, the incestuous yeah, They also daughter, insisted killer. on the ending, though. And the ending is so poorly done and so abrupt. It is very it's abrupt. It's really not satisfying. I liked it. Toby Hooper did with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, like having a goofy, over-the-top sequel. Yeah, it's kind of like, like that. It's, it's, like, like that. Yeah. it's very unlike... It doesn't seem like Toby Hooper made the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre because right. it's so it seems like loosely else. based yeah. on the original uh, in some aspects. But this was like that, too. Well, there was the original ending that I believe was shot was that they were supposed to get a call from Billy in the hospital. And that's how it ends. And, and then, uh, again, Weinstein was had a hand in this, didn't like that, and made them reshoot. So it is very abrupt. All of a sudden, you're doing the... Um, defibrillator. Defibrillator death, and all of a sudden, the Christmas tree with the yeah, guts it's and all. It's just really... And then it's just the title card. <laughs> Boom, that's it. Yeah. But I still liked it. <laughs> oh, let's circle. Wait, let's circle but back to the first end. We didn't talk about like the ending and like the credits rolling of the first one. Yeah, so impactful with like yeah. the little Christmas in the background and just like yeah. blah blah. And then you get this trash. Well, I trash will say, ending. hey, mid aughts movie, still with all traditional music. 
So this is a rare mid-aughts music movie where like you don't so hear stained in the middle of a fucking yeah, scene. It's not static like, X to its doing detriment. A song. I <laughs> loved it. I wanted to say that I loved every Christmas choice song in this all the way through. They're all they pick classic, whoever picked them, picked classic versions of classic songs. It didn't try to do any bullshit with that. I loved that all the way through. I thought it was good. Yeah, I don't know. These movies are completely separate in my mind. This is the first yeah. time that this is... You guys have created a clash that never... Somehow, innocently never existed in me before. <laughs> I've always so. just kept these complete... That's probably why I say it didn't... doesn't even really need to be called Black <laughs> Christmas to me. Like, I, I put it on and I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch, like, my party of five friends and... Uh, you know, all of my, my like late 90s, early aughts TV show friends. And then I'm going to go back and watch, you know, the 74 original. I mean, they're just, they're totally different islands in yeah. different oceans for me. Billy's drunk mom was so funny when he was a kid on Christmas Eve. And she's got a big tumbler of eggnog and a bottle of vodka. Ugh. And he's putting the cookies out. What are, you, what are you leaving cookies out for? Santa's not coming for you. Oh, she's horrible. And then she goes even further, Santa's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. Spoilers. <laughs> I know I keep randomly bringing up Shakespeare, but uh, both these movies are streaming on Tubi. <sighs> Or not to oh be. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. it's uh, Olivia Hussey. Sorry, <laughs> your brother's not here. No, my daddy's here. <laughs> oh. that, may, that may be the laughing point. <laughs> it was interesting with this uh, backstory too, though. If you look at the abortion topic of the other one yeah and then you have the incest part in yes. this and that almost makes the whole abortion conversation uh you know a whole different thing yeah well i mean and they it have they, they update they update <laughs> the scandal in this one i guess i don't I, I scandal might not be the proper word but they update it with uh, a sex tape that's right so the, the, the boyfriend may, may, there may not yes. be misdirection where the boyfriend could potentially be a killer but he is a douche well, like yeah. right away quick question yeah. why she's just watching it why is she just watching it? I think that alone she, somebody her... had just alerted her to the fact that it's online. Oh. And she was sitting there with her hand on her head being like, oh my God, what am I, how do I tell her? I thought she was just that like, this is out there. Man, look at us. Those were good. <laughs> 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 no, no. Um, fi final uh, fun fact for me Kristen Clark, who plays Lee, sister of Claire in this movie, wife of Glenn Morgan, director. Yep. She was also in uh, Final Destination. Next week. Okay. Tis no longer the season. Oh, Woo! yes. We're going back. <laughs> back because, to reality. Uh, back last to vacation. Christmas, we spent it with the trilogy of filth, which we always talk about. We felt horrible after. Mm. We felt horrible during. We still have PTSD from some of those movies. But I am going to go with some more smut. For this week, I slept an hour and a half last night. I was on effedupmovies.com all night long, binge-watching the filth of the filth, the bottom of the fucking barrel, and I found <laughs> a movie called Gutter Balls. Perfect. Uh, from 2008. Not familiar. It's a very independently made movie. Um, it takes place at a bowling alley. It's fucking amazing. I, I really enjoyed it. had some really fun kills. And the other movie is Snuff 102, from 2007, um, from what I researched, it's um, one of the most realistic, hard to believe it's not an actual snuff film, fake snuff films out there. So we'll, we'll be the judge of that. Nice. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>